Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening. And enjoy the show. Today's episode of the Simply Scary Podcast is brought to you by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy, providing a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. And today, Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up now at simplyscary.robinhood.com to let them know that the Simply Scary podcast sent you. Again, that's simplyscary.robinhood.com. I'll be back after tonight's first story to tell you a little more about Robin Hood. Until then, snuggle up with a nice warm blanket and get cozy. It might just come in handy when your blood runs cold. <laughs> Stay tuned. The show is about to begin. Step right up, step right up, and prepare to be unsettled. You've left behind your safe reality and fallen into darkness. There is no escape, and there is no reprieve. 
Welcome to the Simply Scary Podcast, Season 3, Episode 11. I'm your host, Jason Hill, host of the Horror Hill Podcast, which is also available now from Chilling Entertainment with 24 episodes of our own to help satisfy your craving for the sinister. You can find our show and more of me on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found or on the show's page at simplyscarypodcast.com. This evening, I'll be your guide through the twisted worlds and disturbed imaginations of several amazing authors as their tales are told by talented voice actors Joe Waltz, Barry Bowman, Zoraida, and yours truly, Jason Hill. Tonight's tales concern everything from insatiable appetites to creepy ouijas, currency conspiracies, and the dark sides of sales. Now, it's time for our descent into depravity. There's no turning back now, so take your seats in this, our theater of the mind. Get your ticket ready and prepare yourself. The show is about to begin. <laughs> Our first tale tonight is written by the Dead Canary, an anonymous collective of authors working together alongside the staff of Chilling Tales for Dark Nights to pen all new, exclusive tales each and every month. To check out more of their work, visit ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and click Original Stories in the navigation menu. Our following selection is performed by voice actor Joe Waltz. Without further ado, I present to you, We Watch You Sleep. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. People are suing about everything these days. I remember hearing about that direct marketing company, Monate, getting a class action lawsuit against them because their beauty products were making hair fall out instead of making it look nicer. Kind of a problem when your product does the opposite of what's supposed to happen. But that's just it. Hair care products are one thing. 
you can just switch to another brand. But let me tell you to be careful. There are some things that, when you buy them, you can't get rid of so easily. I recently got laid off, and being the sort of attention seeker who posts up everything, I let everyone on Facebook know about it. Most of the people who responded were well-wishers. A couple of people offered to get my foot in the door at their company, but most just ignored me. A few days after my post, though, I got a private message from an old high school friend I hadn't seen in years. He said if I needed money quick, I should do direct marketing stuff for Pan Optics. I had heard about them before, a local security company who set up a couple of places in my neighborhood. They were relatively new, cashing in on the whole wireless security craze, but I didn't think there was anything else special about what they did. My friend said he had gotten his system put in a little while ago, and that he was really happy with it, and that the installer was looking for new people to help him take care of some of the demand. I asked how I could call, and he said not to worry. He had the guy's number, he'd tell him to call me and get me a meeting. A few days later, I got the call and the installer Jimmy said he'd be happy to come ask me some questions, demonstrate how everything worked, and if it all went well, he'd get me on the payroll by the end of the week. I said that would be great. When could he come by? And he said in a few hours he'd be free, and that was that. Jimmy came to my door in the middle of the afternoon, and he seemed friendly enough. Big smile, strong handshake, sat down in my kitchen, talked about how being secure in your own home was a great thing. He brought out a big folder filled with pamphlets, all talking about the marvels of a wireless security system and the benefits it offered, plus the 24-hour security crew who would contact me if anything was detected. That was their motto, after all. We watch, you sleep. It all looked legitimate enough. With that out of the way, Jimmy started the interview. It wasn't much of one. Pretty much all he needed from me was if I had ever sold stuff before. I had. Did I have a car? I did. And could I be counted on to upsell the top-line stuff to people? I was a little iffy, but I wasn't going to turn down a job offer like this. He seemed very happy when I said I was ready to go, and then he showed me how to install the system for people. Folks, let me tell you, anybody could have installed this thing. It pretty much seemed like a racket to go around and charge people to do it. But when I heard how much the first paycheck would be, even before commission, I was hooked. Just call me Master Installer. Jimmy went to his van and brought in a bunch of boxes of full systems, a lead list, his business card, and told me to get cracking. Well, he did say it nicer than that, but that was the gist. To test it out before I went and did a bunch of other houses, I pulled out one box and set up a system in my own house. I'd never been too concerned with security, but I will admit it was a snazzy-looking setup. It had a kind of retro 80s feel to it, but the 80s was still kind of cool to remember anyway, so maybe it would make some of my friends jealous. Now that I knew what I was doing, I called a couple of the places on his lead list. Where he got it, I didn't know. That was his own business. And I found a few that would bite. I went in, gave a sales pitch, and bingo, in went the system. It was remarkably easy, and when it was done, a lot of people were really happy with the way it looked and worked. I got four systems done before I began to notice something was a little... odd. First, I called Jimmy's phone number, but I could never get through. It was always a busy signal. Nobody ever has a busy signal anymore, but I tried writing to his email, wondering when I would be getting paid. I did get a response there, saying he'd be sending me a note shortly, but he didn't get into any more detail than that. I got a call a few nights later, and by night, I mean I was woken up at three in the morning. 
I recognized the number. It was one of the people I had installed for, a guy named Stan who lived alone except for his fairly extensive comic collection. I asked him what he wanted. I tell you, I'll never forget that conversation. Please, help me. Um, I'm not the help desk. You'll have to call the number on your... I'm calling you. There's something in my house. Something. Not somebody. Something. Again, I'm not the... The help desk won't answer. The help desk wouldn't answer. That was odd. Or terrible customer service. Then you should call the police. I'm just the installer. The police won't answer. It's like my phone won't work. You're the only person I can reach. I gulped. What... What can I do? Call the police for me. Call somebody, anybody, please. Where is the person in your house? How did they break in? And then it was what he said next that made me truly scared. It didn't break in. It was already here. It was... It was watching me sleep. That was the last I heard from Stan. Or at least the last of our conversation I heard. As he said that last sentence, there was a terrifying screech, almost a roar, and I heard Stan screaming. The screaming turned into gurgles, then wet, horrible noises, then silence. Then something breathed heavily into the phone, and it hung up. I didn't sleep at all the rest of the night. I don't know why, but despite my new security system, I didn't feel safe. I called the police, who did respond to my relief, and I told them everything I could about Stan. I sat in the kitchen drinking coffee until they called back. I didn't get all the details, but I heard enough. From the sound of it, Stan had been attacked by a wild animal. That was their best guess, anyway, as there was a lot of blood and not much of him left to tell exactly what happened. A wild animal. That was all well and good, except... Somebody hung up that phone. I called Jimmy. No answer as usual. I then called Panoptics directly and asked if they had a special number where I could reach Jimmy. And that was when I got the worst news of all. Panoptics had no idea who Jimmy was. They didn't have installers. They were a do-it-yourself company and did all of their business by internet mail order. If there was no Jimmy... And who the hell did I bring into my home? I went back to Facebook and messaged my friend who had sent Jimmy to me in the first place. I wanted to warn him that Jimmy was a fraud and that he wasn't a real installer. But I got no response. Nothing. I feared the worst. He didn't live that far from me, an apartment building a few cities over. So I drove out there. It was getting on toward night when I got there and I knocked. No answer. I went to the apartment office to get the super who complained a little about the commotion but admitted he hadn't seen much of my friend lately. He opened the door and the stench that came at us was enough to make it clear something was not well in there. The super went to call the cops but even from the door I could see enough. From the hall I had a pretty good view into the living room. A couch sat in front of a TV which was switched on and playing primetime shows and from that light I could see a hand on the floor. Just a hand. Nothing else. 
only other thing I noticed in the room was the faint glow of a Panoptic's central security tower. The rest of the system appeared to have been smashed into pieces. I stuck around until the cops arrived, though it wasn't until a few days later I got the whole story. What was left of him had been determined to have been dead for at least three weeks. It sounded a lot like the way Stan had been killed. Vicious, nasty mutilation, possibly by a wild animal. But it was the three weeks that got me. That meant the private message I had received had come after his death. Since then, I've learned a little more about Jimmy, or whatever his real name is. Other people have seen him, recruiting them to help install security systems, using the names of other local companies. He's been all over the country. At least, that's what I hope. Internet chat rooms keep asking questions about him, and pictures they post show the guy who definitely came into my house. Things don't add up. If what everyone says can be believed, he has been in two states simultaneously, recruiting people in the same day while magically moving around the country. It's either that, or he has a bunch of twin brothers. I don't know which would be worse. So if someone you know tries to tell you to do installation work for a security company, be sure to call the company first. If a guy shows up with a friendly smile and a strong handshake, don't just say yes. I don't know how I can prove anything I've said to anybody. The only thing I can say is that I am writing this from a library computer. I can't do it from home. In fact, there's a lot I can't do there. My phone stopped working properly. Anytime I try to call anyone and talk to them about my concerns, my phone sends me to a busy signal. Even when I'm not at home. My computer's internet sometimes won't go to certain sites. I don't dare stay at a friend's house. I don't know if anything will happen to them. All I know is it will know. I don't know what it is. I never see it, but I can sense its presence. I go to sleep, and in the middle of the night I sometimes wake up and know it's there. I know it came with that security system. I cannot get rid of it. I cannot talk about it at home, or else it will do to me what it did to Stan and my old friend. And I've brought it, or things just like it, into the homes of three other people. I sleep. It watches. I hope you enjoyed We Watch You Sleep by the Dead Canary. Up next, we've got another terrifying tale for you, also from the Dead Canary Collective, about the lurid side of the lottery, performed by yours truly. But first, I'd like to tell you a bit more about today's sponsor, Robin Hood. Robinhood is an investing app that allows everyone, not just the wealthy or experienced, to buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptocurrencies, all commission-free. That's right. Whereas other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. None at all. You can trade stocks to your heart's content, and keep all of your profits. 
Robinhood also makes getting your feet wet in the world of investing simple with their intuitive, user-friendly app and website. With a clear design that presents pertinent data in an easy-to-digest way, so you don't miss a thing. Without the clutter and steep learning curve of intimidating investment software. With Robinhood, easy-to-understand charts and market data are right at your fingertips, so you can invest for the first or hundredth time with total confidence. It's so easy to use, in fact, that you can place a trade with just four taps on your smartphone. If this old storyteller can do it, anyone can. With Robinhood, you learn by doing. There are no complex tutorials, no mile-long manuals. You gain experience investing as you build your portfolio. Personalized news feeds allow you to easily discover new stocks. Plus, track the performance of your favorite companies while custom notifications alert you in real time to price movements. So you never miss out on an opportunity to invest. Not only that, but Robinhood's web-based platform allows you to view collections of stocks, including curated lists of the hundred most popular, or see them categorized by entertainment, social media, and more. In every way imaginable, Robinhood strives to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. So, whether it's your first time investing, or you're a seasoned professional, Robinhood makes it easy to make decisions, so you can get started making trades without second-guessing and without commission fees cutting into your proceeds. And don't forget, Robinhood is giving our listeners a totally free stock to help you get started building your portfolio. To sign up, simply visit them today at simplyscary.robinhood.com to let them know that the Simply Scary podcast sent you. Again, that's simplyscary.robinhood.com. Now, without further ado, turn those lights down low and double-check beneath your bed. We've got another terrifying tale for you. <laughs> Our second tale tonight is once again written by the Dead Canary and performed by yours truly, Jason Hill. Without further ado, I present to you, Born Lucky. I bought the winning Mega Millions lottery ticket last week, but it hasn't been announced, and it never will be. And I need to tell you why. I bought it last Thursday from the gas station five minutes from my house. I'm not usually a lottery person, but I figured with the jackpot being as high as it is, why not? It wasn't until I got home that I noticed it. The message. Underneath the Mega Millions logo was a message printed so lightly it was barely visible. Come alone. And below that, at a bit of an angle, just as nearly readable, was a set of GPS coordinates. I looked up where those GPS coordinates led, and it was about a three-hour drive from my house, an apparently empty field just past the state line. 
I did some searching around online, looking for similar instances as this one, people seeing messages on their lottery tickets, but found nothing. I was apprehensive to go, I think with good reason, but I was intrigued. Very much so. I had this piece of paper in my hand, one that had a 1 in almost 260 million chance of being worth upwards of a billion dollars. But not just that. This one also had something more to it. It may sound foolish to you, but the curiosity it had piqued was nigh impossible to ignore. I had off work the next day, and I decided that I was going to drive that three hours. I knew it was a long shot. In fact, long shot is the wrong term. I was driving to somewhere I've never been. A place where there was apparently nothing but grass as far as the eye can see, for what was essentially no reason that was known to me. As I drove, the foolishness of the whole endeavor started to weigh on me, and I almost considered turning around. I looked at my GPS and realized I was already almost halfway there. So I said, fuck it and pressed on. The GPS took me down a long dirt road, but the destination was about a quarter mile into a field of tall grass and corn stalks. I parked the car and trekked the rest of the way on foot. I got as close to the exact latitude and longitudinal points as I could and found myself as I'd imagined, standing in the middle of a big field with a stupid look on my face and feeling even stupider. All I could see in any direction was more grass, trees, a few corn stalks here and there, a blue sky. The crickets chirped, and chirped, and chirped. I stood there for a few minutes, looking around, waiting for something, someone, anyone, anything. But the wind just kept blowing. The crickets kept chirping. I yelled out, Hello? No response. I'm here alone. No response. I was disappointed. I didn't know why, but I was disappointed. I had no idea what I was expecting, but whatever it was, it didn't happen. I took an exasperated breath and resolved to walk back to my car, get in, turn around, and drive the three hours back home, thinking that I'd come out here solely to stand in a field for ten minutes. Then, I turned around... Standing behind me were four people in suits. Over those suits, they wore ankle-length jackets with hoods that completely obscured their faces. They stood shoulder to shoulder, effectively blocking the path from whence I'd come. I just sort of stood there. I had no idea what to expect. This certainly isn't what I was expecting, but... Then again, the entire scenario was strange, so... Perhaps this wasn't all that unusual, considering. Just as I was going to open my mouth to try to speak, one of them beat me to the punch. Do you have the ticket? I reached in my back pocket and retrieved my wallet, took out the ticket, and held it up. The two people on the inside of the line stepped back into the side, extending their arms as if to invite me to walk past, an invitation I hesitantly accepted. I took... Awkward steps towards them, towards them, towards them, up to them, and started past them. Once I'd passed the cloaked people, 
They turned around to begin to follow me. Every instinct I had told me to run, but each of my legs felt like they weighed a thousand pounds. I kept on the way I'd come, but about halfway back, I was met by two more people in suits and cloaks, who then led me into an area covered in grass that was taller than me. The other four continued to follow closely behind, and it was them I was most unsure of. We walked for about three minutes through the tall grass until we met yet another two people in suits and cloaks standing in a small circular area where the grass had been laid flat. Those two then leaned over and each moved a sheet of the downed grass to the side, revealing a hatch door. It was then that I found my voice. Where does that go? I asked them even though I felt like I didn't have a choice as to whether or not I'd be finding out regardless. To safety, someone said from behind me. That answer actually put me at relative ease, and I still don't know why. I had no reason to think anything good was going to happen, but that assurance gave me a strange peace of mind. I walked up to the hatch and looked into it. Finding a narrow staircase leading down to a landing with what looked to be an equally narrow hallway to the left. I looked over my shoulder and found the suited people slowly closing in behind me. Not necessarily in a threatening way, so I started heading down the stairs. As I got about halfway down, some lights clicked on, which I was thankful for, as I'd expected to be in the dark once the sunlight was no longer an option. The door to the hatch was closed behind me and the four cloaked people that followed closely behind. Two of the cloaked people squeezed around the sides of me and led the way as we passed a number of doors. We finally reached the end of the hall, and a set of double doors. One of the suited people removed a glove and placed their right hand on a scanner, and I heard a lock unclick. They opened the door and led me in and I was met by a man in a red suit with a white hooded cloak. He looked to me and asked an odd question. Do you feel lucky? I didn't know how to respond, so I just kind of shrugged. How did you feel when you bought the ticket? He asked. Uh, just sort of like I just bought a lottery ticket. I don't know. I was beyond nervous. The ticket you bought is a winner. The winner. Had you cashed an in, you would be wealthy beyond the wildest imagination. So, why am I here? Why am I not cashing it? His crypticness was immediately aggravating. Wait, how do you even know that? The winning numbers haven't even been drawn yet. Do you remember who won the last time there was a substantial jackpot? Or the time before that, the man asked. Well, they're dead. They're missing, I suppose, officially, but they're dead. Again, I didn't know what to say. An 11-person office pool won this past July in California, but the true winner was a woman named Patricia Stevens. They made sure another ticket with the winning numbers was printed so they could take her. Before that, a trust in Ohio was named as the winner. But it was really a small profit organization in Minnesota, which soon shut its doors without reason. 
And about a month before that, a man named Richard Wall in New Jersey was the supposed winner. The person before him that got the same numbers he did was Matthew Paulus, who left his house to go claim his winnings and was never seen again. Just up and left his wife and newborn daughter, he continued. You were the first one we were able to get before the ticket was cashed and it was too late. And before they replaced you with a new winner. Too late? Wait, hold on, what? I had no idea what was going on. Too late for what? Before they could get to you, he said, as if I was supposed to know who he was talking about. Who? What the fuck are you talking about? I just wanted to know what was happening, and getting these bits and pieces was frustrating. The M-U-S-L. Multi-State Lottery Association. They're doing... things. They're taking the people that have won, the actual winners, and... experimenting. They believe there's something about the human brain, the human mind, consciousness that influences what we call luck. I stared at the man for a moment. That's fucking ridiculous, I blurted out, not meaning to be rude, but it was ridiculous. I'm sure that's how it sounds. Perhaps I can show you. The man's tone changed from one of hurried panic to a calm, relaxed one. He led me through another door, down another hallway, and into what looked to be a hospital room. Only with markedly more computers, none of which were on, and some of which looked like they hadn't been touched in some time. Others yet broken. What is this place down here? I asked. Not just the room we were in, but the entire bunker. This is where we monitor them, he replied. The lottery people? Yes. As well as... he trailed off. This is where we do monitoring of our own... We have reason to believe that the MUSL somehow tracks who is going to win. They somehow guide people, influence them. We. Ow! I cut him off and reflexively grabbed my right elbow after feeling a tiny pinch. I looked behind me and didn't see anything, nor was there any blood. Are you okay? The man asked. Yeah. Sorry. I focused my attention back to him. I have something to show you that may shock you, but I feel it would be best for you to see it nonetheless. I agreed and followed the man out of the hospital-like room and farther down the hall, through another set of double doors, and to the right, where he unlocked a door much heavier than the rest had been. We walked into an almost pitch-black room that was near freezing. Watch your step, the man told me. Just as he did, I nearly lost my footing as we took a single step down. Morgue three, lights, he said aloud to no one in particular. And with that, the lights came on, and we were standing before a number of tables, each with the remains of human beings on them, but each also with a human brain, connected to various wires that led to laptops on side tables. In here, too... The computer seemed very dated and worn. It was at this point that I became entirely overwhelmed by fear. Up until then, my experience had been strange, but more confusing than anything. 
Now, I just saw myself as a test subject for these hooded strangers, whose faces I had yet to see. I couldn't help but imagine them operating on me and taking me apart. It became a surreal nightmare. Before I could say anything, the man finally began explaining things. We have computer experts who are able to access the lottery systems. The numbers chosen are not random, as you've doubtless been led to believe. They are picked carefully, and the MUSL targets certain individuals, certain groups, and tracks their behaviors before and during their purchase of the winning tickets and subsequent wins. We believe you have been tracked. And we believe that if you would have waited until the numbers were drawn and later claimed your winnings, that shortly thereafter, you would have been taken by them. We had our people put the message on the ticket just as we have with previous winners, but as I said, you were the first to see it. My obvious question was, why wouldn't you do something other than put a message that no one thinks to look for and no one can really see? But I figured they had their reasons, and besides, I was too frozen in fear to say anything. These pieces here, he said as he walked further into the room, gesturing at the nearby remains. These are what they've left behind. They complete their research and move the victim's possessions and what's left of them into a clandestine storage facility, which we were fortunately able to gain access to. You're lucky we got to you before they did. The man in the red suit and white cloak, hood still over his head, obscuring his face in shadow, stood under the single light in the room and asked if I would join them. I still couldn't say anything, but... I suddenly felt like someone was behind me. I took a quick glance over my shoulder and two more people in black suits and hooded cloaks stood in the hallway, their hands behind their back, standing at attention. I... I began, unsure of what to say. What do you want from me? We need you, the two people behind me said in unison, seemingly a male and a female. Okay. What do you need me for? I asked. We need to know what they know, the man in the red suit said. These discarded remains have been helpful to be sure, but we need to do what they're doing. Get the information they're getting. We want to monitor you as you claim your winnings. And you could perhaps even lead us to where they... They do what they do. They wanted me to be bait, basically. I responded that I wasn't sure, and the change in their mood was palpable. You are in a unique position. You could save lives, the man in the red suit began yelling. You can help the world, and you aren't sure? Just as I was going to try to turn around and make an attempt at an escape, someone else brushed past me, also wearing a black cloak. They approached the man in the red suit and whispered something in his ear, then lowered their head turned around, and exited the way they had come. I noticed that beneath their cloak they were wearing a lab coat. As soon as they had taken their leave, the mood changed yet again, and the feeling was so... odd. Of course, 
We can't force you to do anything, young man, he said in a calmer tone than he'd even started with. You have your ticket, and you may choose to do with it what you wish. Please, allow us to escort you out. I didn't even have a chance to comprehend what was happening before I found myself being led down the corridors, past the operating room, past the large area, through the door with the palm-scanning pad, down the original hallway, and up the stairs. As I exited the bunker, I found that all of the people that I'd seen in there had followed, and then some. Once we were all outside, all of them with their hoods up, faces still hidden, the man in the red suit walked up to me, his head down. If I were you, I would tear up that ticket. Make no mistake, the winning numbers are on it. But what will follow, should you choose to make your claim, isn't worth any amount of money. This, I guarantee. I said nothing in reply and instead turned around and sprinted back to my vehicle. I got in, pulled a quick U-turn, and sped away from there as fast as my car would take me. I looked in my rear view as I sped down the dirt road and saw a giant plume of smoke rising from where the bunker had been. I made it home, still more confused than anything. The night they drew the winning numbers I found that I do indeed possess a winning ticket, and that I had correctly chosen all five numbers plus the Mega Ball and the Mega Plier. At first, I couldn't believe my eyes and was hesitant to claim my winnings. But then something clicked in me. At the same time, I felt the urge to write this. To let the world know of what is ostensibly going on. But it sounds ridiculous, right? That's because it is. I'm going to be a billionaire, and there's nothing I need to worry about. <laughs> I was born lucky, I suppose. I can feel it running through my veins. It's an odd sensation. I really am just a very lucky person. Right? This is your host, Jason Hill, thanking you for joining us for tonight's celebration of the sinister. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Robin Hood, for their support of the show. Don't forget, as a listener, Robin Hood is giving our listeners a free stock, such as Apple, Ford, or Sprint, to help build your portfolio. Sign up now at simplyscary.robinhood.com. Once more... That's simplyscary.robinhood.com. And of course, don't forget to join us again next time when we once again dive deep into the minds of the most unsettling authors and breathe life into the most unholy horrors in this, our theater of the mind. Until then... If your lights suddenly go out and you find yourself chilled to the bone, looking over your shoulder, there's no need to run for cover. You may just be experiencing 
the Simply Scary Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Taylor, and you've been listening to the Simply Scary Podcast, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcasts Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's episode was written by Craig Roshek and performed by special guests Jason Hill, host of the Horror Hill podcast, and Otis Jiry, host of Scary Stories Told in the Dark. Visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com today to support this program by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to premium extended versions of our episodes, our audio archive, and ad-free downloads of all of your favorite stories, including those you've heard today. The host of the Simply Scary podcast is GM Danielson. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music for the program was produced by Luke Hodgkinson and Jesse Cornett. Sound design and final mixing and mastering are overseen by the executive producer and director, Craig Groshek, with production of individual stories by members of our talented sound design team. Artwork for the show's episodes by David Romero. For more information about the authors, performers, and artists involved in the production of this and our other episodes, visit our website today. Got a scary story of your own that you'd like performed? We take submissions. Email it to us today at submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your terrifying tale considered for production in a future episode of this show. If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program, and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, subscribe to us to be sure you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a comment. Your feedback means a lot to us. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Facebook to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and our other programs. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, Hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon to get more spooky tales from us and another episode of this program each and every Tuesday. And don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and tell us how we're doing and leave a comment. Until next week, listeners, turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.